Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the girl? twice in a week. And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. For those that don't know you, Gretchen, why don't you give us a little bit about about your backstory? Um, granted, it it is a pretty robust backstory, and and kind of lead us into uh, where you are now. Yeah, you know, I was hoping when I wrote this book that I would have other interesting aspects of my life because I really didn't want to concentrate on just being married to Danny, which is a big part of my book because we were married 18 years, so it was a long time. Um, But I'm originally from Chicago, Um, traveled and moved a lot when I was younger. Uh, I went to high school in Chattanooga, Tennessee, lived in Germany for a while, Uh, a lot of places, a lot. So what led you to Los Angeles and your, you know, that fateful day, um, you know, when you married Danny? Well, that was in Phoenix, um, oh, okay. another okay. place that I lived. Good. Uh, but we, oh God, it's just such a crazy story. I had just moved back to Phoenix. I had lived there temporarily. I decided to move back to Chicago because I thought it'd be fun, you know, to live there. So... It was fun for a while, but then it became too difficult. You know, I was like, I should just go back to Phoenix, Mm -hmm. go stay with my mom and dad, figure out what I want to do. And I ended up meeting Danny there. And uh, that's how we ended up meeting. I was working for this company. They did like shows, like baseball card shows, psychic shows, whatever shows that they did. And I was in charge of getting their talent on radio shows. And I ended up booking a psychic on Danny's show. And it was really funny because I had told her like a couple days before I was trying to reach out to him, oh, he seems kind of cool. I bet he'd be a lot of fun to meet. That night, I guess she went, he was doing like an appearance at a haunted house. And she goes, oh, let me read your palm. And she's like, oh my God, you're going to get married really soon. He goes, really? Well, who is it? Like, tell me. And, And she's like, oh, it's this really skinny girl with all this hair. And he was dating a girl at the time that fit that description. Exactly. And so, and, uh, and so then the lady goes, oh, well, her name is Gretchen. He's like, Gretchen, I don't know anybody named that. And then two days later when I called and he got the message, he was freaking out going, oh my God, some girl named Gretchen just called me. And then we ended up getting married really quickly. I don't know if you guys read that part in the book, but, uh, yeah, basically, I wouldn't have sex with him unless he married me. So he did. <laughs> so, girls, if you want someone to marry you, just don't have sex with them. And they will do almost anything, including marry you. <laughs> wow. That's pretty, that's pretty far. So he actually wanted to take it to that, to that level. So he got married at uh, what age? Uh, I was 25 and he was 31. 25 and 31. That's not a, that's not a bad difference of, of age differential. Not a lot. Not, no, especially not back. Uh, this was 1990 when we got married. And he had yeah. already been married before, but I had not been married. So um, I kind of feel like, well, besides he wanted to have sex and I wouldn't do it. I think he also was kind of really lost. And so was I, you mm-hmm. know, like we ended up together. Pretty sure I'd just be a waitress, maybe a singing waitress if I was lucky. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure he'd be dead or in jail. He said that so many times on every show when we were married. So, and I believe that to be true. Like I was hanging on to this guy, was not going to let him go back into drugs and alcohol, and mm-hmm. so it was. It wasn't easy. It was pretty tough. So, 25 being uh, a wife. Yes. Do you? 
I feel like the identity there is is tough to come into your own when you're already like taking on a new role. Like how how was that for you? And not, that really wasn't difficult. I think I've always been very confident in who I am. You know, I really didn't change that much. Uh, but I always wanted to get married. You know, so it was kind of awesome. You know, I, I felt like I think I was always a little more mature too. Like I uh, was kind of crazy in my teens, and then became more serious, and then you know became very serious once we got married because I realized I had a real wreck on my hands and right. I was going to have to slow down or. Right. we were going to end up being pretty much ruined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Do you feel like that kind of took your youth away from you? You know, you didn't get your opportunity to live for yourself. You were always kind of worried about someone else and, and worried about what they were going to do and how that would affect your life in turn, right? Uh, not really, because I think I did a lot of living before, you know, I married him. <laughs> so I, I wasn't feeling too left out. And also, you know, you have to remember, um, he was a famous child star. So he was providing all these really amazing opportunities for us, like taking me to clubs that I could never get into if it was just me walking up, you know, and and TV shows. And so I really didn't think that I was missing out. You know, I felt really lucky that I was with this person who, and he loved to share those kind of experiences. Like it made him so excited to be able to go, oh my God, we're going to be on Sally, Jesse, Raphael, and they're going to fly us to New York and (laughs) stuff like that. So it was actually, it was, there was no in between with us. It was either so unbelievably fantastic or it was just so horrible that I almost couldn't bear it. So (laughs) there was just no in between. Mm. I mean, I, I, it couldn't have been just like jumped into it and that was the experience, right? Like that was kind of something you came into learning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely was flying by the seat of my pants. I mean, I never really had done drugs. So even trying to catch him because mm. I didn't really know what, what to look right. for. Yeah. Mm. And then when I started to catch on to it, then I, you know, was prepared to try to deal with it. But I, it was it was pretty crazy. It was a pretty crazy time. So going in, going into your thirties, like where where was your life? Like what were you doing as far as uh, like your own personal career, or were you just traveling around? Like what was the, the yeah? Deal? Um, I pretty much just managed his career because it was. I mean, he was kind of a laughing stock at that point because right after we got married, four months later, he was arrested. And it was a really embarrassing arrest in Phoenix, Arizona. And he lost his job. Mm. So we were kind of ruined. And then I sort of took over managing him and, you know, trying to rebuild his career. So we did everything. Richard Bay, like all the shows that you can imagine. Oh, what was the one when the people used to throw the chairs Jerry Springer? Yeah, Jerry Springer. I mean, every opportunity that I could get him on because we needed to repair his reputation. You know, it was so bad. And then as he got better, we were able to be more selective about the things he did. So there wasn't time for me to do anything. And honestly, I really didn't want to. I was Mm. very content with taking care of him. And then we had a baby. Uh, I had my daughter when I was 29. So right then, 29, 30, I was transitioning into being a mother and... And I love that. You know, I always wanted to have kids. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where things started to be a little shaky. I think when you become a mother and you can't like totally take care of somebody, they sometimes get a little weird with that. You know, I I think that, um, you know, just I, I feel like even speak to my friends about it. Once you have kids, that's when problems can kind of start to arise. Yeah. So going into into your thirties, you're 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 already a mom. You're a wife. 
uh, and then you said the wheel started to fall off. Like at what point in time did this start getting really bad for you in this relationship? Uh, well, it was weird because sometimes it was, like I said, it was great or it was horrible. And once I became a mother and I couldn't really babysit him as much, that's a lot of times when he was starting to do things he shouldn't be doing because mm. I couldn't really stay on top of him like I once could. Mm. And so that, um, you know, he'd be really bad or I think he was, you know, but I never could really catch him. That's when I started to catch him when you had texting and computers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, right, right. so there were periods of time where he would kind of just gaslight me, you know, and I'd be like, I think you're up to something. And he'd be like, oh my God, you're crazy. I would never do that to mm. you. And then I'd be like, oh my God, am I crazy? Maybe I'm crazy. And you in know? your book, you refer to that a lot yeah. because he kept, yeah. he kept saying it over and over and over. You almost internalized that. It, it, yeah. it, it yeah. kind of changed your whole outlook on yourself. Right. Well, the other really important aspect of my life that I think plays into this a great deal was I, I was raised in a really religious household. Mm. Like I grew up Southern Baptist. We were in church every day. The doors were open. And I think sometimes in a way, religion can victimize you because you're so conditioned yep. to keep your marriage together, turn the other cheek, forgive, forgive, forgive. You know, I think so many people can relate to that where you just want to keep it together because that's the way you're raised, you know? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I just was determined, you know, that I really wanted us to keep it together. And I'm not the person that would walk away from something if I didn't have proof. You know, and so since I could never really catch him, um, I wasn't going to leave because I thought something could be or not. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, but I do think that um, it's kind of one of the things I want to relay in my book, how sometimes that can victimize you. Like me, I don't feel like I was a victim, but I do think religion kind of can victimize people, generally speaking, when they stay in things they maybe shouldn't because... They think it's the right thing to do. Right. There's like this Does that false, make sense? Yeah, there's yeah. a false sense of pride that comes with like riding out the storm. Right. But there's certain storms that you should have never gone into. Totally. You know? Yeah, but I also kind of feel like in especially today's day and age, how horrible and mean everyone is to everybody. <laughs> like, you know, what's going on in social media and all that. I still would rather be a person who erred on the side of being too kind and giving too many chances. So I don't regret it, but I think it can maybe just explain to people a little better, like, why would you stay in that? And, you know, because there was enough really great times and you're conditioned. You stay in your you right. know, marriage and keep your family together and then you're always kind of weighing, all right, do I want to make my children a product of divorce or do I mm. want to keep them in this screwed up situation and like, what do I do? So yeah, it, it was always trying to figure out the best thing and then he'd go to rehab and he'd come back and he'd be great, you know? So, mm -hmm. so there was enough great to keep me trying. Sure. Yeah. More good than bad. Essentially. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, you know, for everyone, that's when you finally have to go when it, finally tips in the, there's more bad than good. And yeah, that's exactly when I finally pulled the and plug. And that's the thing. People can't relate to that if they're not in that kind of situation or, or uh, let me scale that back a little bit. If they're not in a committed relationship or a marriage with kids with um, a lot more variables kind of in, in, in the mix, because you can't plug yourself into that scenario and say, yeah, no, I would, I would have totally ditched that asshole. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I would have gotten out of that toxic relationship and said, no, yeah, but you have kids. You exactly. have you have the the sense that you're trying to help. And mm -hmm. if I step away, this is what you know. I felt that you were trying to convey in your book. If I step away, what's the implication on his life? Exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, I was really worried. Uh, and, I, and I even, when, when we discussed or I told him, I'm really going to divorce you this time. And he was like, please don't. I'll kill myself if you do. And I'm like, you know what? I really hope you don't, but I'm going to divorce you. So, mm. you know, but I was scared what would happen to him. What if he does, you know, actually do it? And then just again, God like totally intervened. I'm sitting there. He leaves. An hour goes by and I'm questioning, oh my God, am I doing the right thing? What if he hurts himself? All of a sudden he ass dials me and I hear him totally trashing me to this girl. And I'm like, thank you so much, God. That's all I needed to hear. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And I don't, I don't think this was that moment, but what was the, the moment that gave you uh, the conviction or maybe even courage that was like, this is it? It tipped where I just was more unhappy than I was happy, you know, and I felt like, if I don't get out now, I'm going to be in this exact spot in six months. Yeah. Like he's not going to get better. Now I cycle. see that. Yeah. yeah. And so but I usually like when you're in that kind of cycle, it's yeah. hard to see and it's hard right. to break it. Like uh, I was wondering if like you, uh, like maybe what someone... was a moment of clarity. Yeah. Okay. You guys are going to totally laugh at me, but it was Dr. Phil. <laughs> I know that's going to be funny, but no, it's not, it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not funny because okay. Dr. Dr. Phil is, uh, I mean, anyone that comes from Oprah is a godsend, right? That's that's kind of the consensus. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she's but. launched so many fantastic careers, but I was watching his show one day and he said, children would rather be from a bad situation than in one. And mm. I was like, oh my God, I'm keeping my children in a bad situation. I can't do this. Mm. So yeah, so that's kind of the thing that I think in my brain kind sure. of switch like, okay, it's not you anymore. Like you got to now think about what's best for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's and amazing. that's that's a that's the most important thing to consider. And even from the perspective of people that I've known that have been that have gotten divorced with kids, they say it's always better. It, it, it's kind of an adjustment period. Oh yeah, and and my kids, uh, especially my daughter, she really did not handle it well. You know, she was very close to her dad, and she just was so mad at me. And uh, you know, I, I've taken both my kids to therapy because I felt like. Under the circumstances, I mean, you guys reading some of my book could see it was not easy for them. Mm -mm. And, um, uh, and, and the therapist said to me, I know this isn't going to make you feel better, but they always turn on the safe parent. So just so you know, that's why they directed at you because you're the safe parent. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so there was just a lot of... It was just crazy. Yeah. You know, I'm really glad I got us out of it. And, you know, the other thing was a lot of people don't think about putting their kids on TV. You know, when we did our show, Breaking Bonaduce for VH1, they didn't really have the boards yet. That was just a new thing that had just started. So I didn't even consider that my children could get online and read the terrible things people oh, are saying. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I would caution anybody like on the Housewife series, like maybe you don't want to do that if you have young children because mm -hmm. your kids can read that and I don't think it's healthy for them to see your mom's a crazy bitch or you know whatever yeah. oh can I swear I hope yeah, that's totally what, fine. I just did <laughs> yeah, <totally laughs> so, fine. yeah or whatever you know like uh, I just don't think it's a good idea for people that have young children and when we did our show, that was not the show that we sold. We shot the pilot. It was called Rock and Roll Dinner Party. And it was rock stars came to our house. And it was a potluck. Mm. And that was the pilot we shot. So we never intended to do that show. That was not the show that we sold. And then wow. he just went nutty. And yeah, I mean, reality TV is very strange, you guys, because mm -hmm. they need controversy. Right. 
you know, if they just have, oh, happy family, everything's <laughs> it's great, not you sell. have nothing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then when you're getting constantly reinforced, like, oh my God, you're so crazy. This is going to be a huge episode. It just kind of does something to you. And, and, and I think you see it a lot in reality TV. You know, yeah. the people that become the villains are because behind the scenes, I think they're being kind of Manipulated yeah, pushed provoking. in that direction. And, yeah. And, well, how hard is it to separate the character you play essentially in the series well, versus we were, like, real life? We were, uh, our show was probably one of the only real shows you will ever see. Like, we didn't plan anything. It wasn't, and, and I didn't want to do it. I'm like, if we are going to do this, we are going to do it completely honestly. We're not going to go, oh, remember that time when you said this and I said that? Okay, just create that again let's just recreate the whole mm. thing i mean i am such a bad actress that uh one time we were shooting <laughs> and the uh director goes ah oh, i missed you coming out of that building can you go back in and come back out i'm like sure i and i tell a story in the book so i walk out and the whole crew's laughing i'm like what's so funny they're like that is the most unnatural walking through the door we've ever seen <laughs> so he never asked me to do anything again because he knew i couldn't do it yeah. <laughs> oh danny i'm really upset at you now <laughs> you know, was, it, was it gonna work <laughs> how much of the reality tv did you guys take home like after hours when the cameras weren't rolling like how much of that did th affected your lives and at what point in your t in your life did you say you know what this is just not working well, interestingly enough, a lot, but we showed, we uh, shot four days on, three days off. So does that equal seven or five, six? Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, it did to three. me. <laughs> <laughs> you got me second uh, guessing like mind melding you guys. <laughs> this is the number seven, if it is, if it's not. Uh, but we would shoot four days in a row, take three off. And uh, because it was so crazy that he was unable to just put it away. Like, you know, there's an episode on the show where my friends threw me a 40th birthday and um, it was at the W Hotel and all my girlfriends were there, like a bunch of them had flown in. And one of my friends who is a DJ, she kind of planned the whole, you know, festivities. And she's like, oh, I want to run everything by you. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to, I just want to react how I'm going to react. So don't tell me, like, don't tell me anything. I'm just going to react. However, well, it turned out that she had booked strippers like male strippers. Uh -huh. Well, I knew that that was going to send my ex-husband into a freaking like just nutcase. Yeah, 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 total, uh -huh. total rage. So um, he's out with his friends and they tell him there's going to be strippers. So he goes like sideways. Mm -hmm. and it was like probably the most famous line from our uh, uh, TV show. He was freaking out and demanding that the crew take him to the W and he and they, and they didn't want to take him because they knew, you know, he was so out of his mind. So he was trying to stop people on the street and ask them if they'd give him a ride. And uh, you can see him just freaking out on the street going, I'm coming to that hotel. And if there's anyone dressed in less than a turtleneck, I will shake their foundation. And so, yeah, people are like, <laughs> and that became like the biggest line. Less than a turtleneck. When, when's yeah. your birthday again? What month? September. September. I'm a so yeah. Who the fuck wears a turtleneck in September? Yeah, exactly. That's true. Uh, so, yeah. So then that just enraged him, enraged him. And you can read about what happened after that in the book, but it was pretty crazy. Cliffhanger. You yeah. got to buy the book. Yeah. Got to buy the book. Well, buy the book. It, it's, a, it's a good story. It's a good story. So, But then my favorite line that I said was, uh, be careful whose husband you screw in Hollywood because you never know whose wife's going to have a reality show. <laughs> so that 
that was my favorite one. I think I used the F word though. All right, we appreciate the censor, but <laughs> so okay, so that was your 40th birthday. Yeah. And then you said it was early 40s that the divorce happened. Right. So take us through that transition. Okay. Of like two to three years or something like that. Yeah. Well, to uh, finish also uh, your question about the show, mm-hmm. we ended up doing two seasons of the show and we did the second season with the purpose to repair the damage she did to his reputation the first season, but then he just went insane again. And so then we declined to do a third season because we're like, you know what? If we do a third season, we're getting a divorce. So we brought them another idea that they they took instead. Uh, but after that, I think things... We're just, I, I could kind of see the writing on the wall that we're just not going to be able to repair this. You know, we tried and went, I mean, we tried everything, counseling, church, rehab. We did everything to try to keep ourselves together. But, you know, as I said, sometimes when it tips and, you know, I'm not happy, I know in six months, same, I'm going to feel like this again because I know you're going to do something dumb and I'm going to get mad and why put myself through that again? Yeah, so... So, yeah, 30s was uh, volatile, a lot of it, and great, a lot of it. And then 40s, the beginning was just pretty painful most of the time. And, Mm. yeah, so then I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, this is over. So what did you learn in your 30s that helped you kind of make it through that transition in your 40s? Because I think we feel we talk a lot about this on the show, really, and Mm -hmm. that the 30s is a foundational period for you in your life where you kind of set the stage for the next you know, 10 to 20 years. Yeah. A lot of what you make has a lot of the, the decisions that you make in your thirties have a huge um, implication on your later years. So how do you feel like uh, that treated you during your forties and into now? Um, I definitely feel like I became a really good businesswoman during that period because, you know, I was handling all of his everything, you know, um, in the early, Oh God, was I trying to think Oh, it was 2000. Oh, it had to, it was 9-11. Um, he was doing a show with Dick Clark, Mario Lopez called The Other Half. It was like, um, oh, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. like the version of The View Only With Guys. Yeah, and, I remember that show. And, and it was supposed to debut on September 11th, which is why I remember the date. And of course, we all know what happened. So then the show just got killed because nobody was watching anything but CNN and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I was building his career and helping him have a better reputation. And we both decided to sell TV shows. Like we were really good at coming up with TV shows. So I think my thirties, I just became a better, uh, person business wise, you know, and, and, uh, focus on being a mom a lot, you know, uh, other than trying to take care of him. And now I had two kids. Um, I really didn't have a lot of time to do <laughs> too much, much else. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it was uh, it was just an, a great time, you know, in a lot of ways, and a terrible time in so many ways. But I think everyone goes through that, you know. Like I don't feel I've ever met any person that everyone's got a story, you know. Everyone has got a story, and uh, and mine was just, you know, kind of crazy. Mm, yeah, no, absolutely, and I, I think that's th- th- that's that's what makes conversations interesting especially you know when we're circling around reflective in in life histories really of, yeah. of, of people so now we're, we're in the 40s uh past the transition of like divorce what did you do to like reestablish yourself or like what did you go from there i was so lucky that i had a lot of really good hollywood relationships because i was really worried that 
um, you know, I'm going to be done once I'm not married to him. People aren't going to take my calls and, you know, stuff like that. And I even remember a specific circumstance that just was awful. Um, we were invited to go to the Pirates of the Caribbean um, premiere and they were doing it at Disneyland and Johnny Depp was going to be there, Kira Knightley, Orlando Bloom, like all the stars. It was going to be a huge, they were closing it down. And so this was right about the time I was, you know, thinking of divorcing Danny. So I'm like, haha, I'll show you. I'm going <laughs> to RSVP for me and say, oh, Danny's not available, but I'm going. And then I got a call back and they go, I'm sorry if Danny's not with you. You can't go. And that just hit me like, oh, my mm. God. Like, I'm going to be like, not only am I going to divorce my husband and lose, you know, my husband and my partner, but everything business-wise, socially. Yeah. You know, it's not just having pictures with your husband with another woman at the family barbecue. It was like worldwide. Everybody was going to go, oh, losers. You guys, your marriage is no good. Um, and so I was so devastated. Like, and it just really hit me. Like, everything's going to change. You know, things aren't going to be good. And then five minutes later, I got a call back from the head and she's like, oh my God, I just heard they told you no, you can come. And that just completely saved my Hollywood humanity, you know, (laughs) believing in it that, you know, I had made such good relationships that people, with people that they would bend the rules for Mm -hmm. me, you know. I could call anyone and still get meetings. And and I think it was because I tried really hard to always be a good person to everyone, the caterers, the directors, the, you know, like I always treated everybody the same. And I think in the end, when I was on my own, that helped me to be able to still have a career. You know, and then I started my 80s band and, and uh, just, you know, did a lot of fun things, a lot of things that I wanted to do that I really couldn't do when I was married to him because there just wasn't a way I could. You know, he was extremely jealous. Like, I don't, think me going out of town and leaving him for days would have been a good idea. Right, yeah. Right. So, uh, so yeah, 40s, I just became, I remember I was so worried about it too. Like, oh my God, I just don't even want to think about it. And uh, it was great. Like I loved my 40s. I really did. It, it was uh, nothing to be afraid of. You know, now that I'm in my 50s, I'm not that happy. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. But it sounds like you've set yourself up for a pretty good, you know, 50 plus and, and, and going out with and knowing what you've done in the past and leveraging all that to, to really create a, yeah. a good, you know, decade for yourself. I have had the best time just doing everything I wanted to do. I'm now producing on a TV show for PBS, uh, oh, very Cooking dope. with Rockstars. And that's taping in the Florida Keys and Atlanta. So, like, I've just been so lucky. Like, I think if you're a person who tries to help people, and I do it so much, I get yelled at. Like, my <laughs> friends are like, why are you trying to help everybody else? But I, it's just the way I am, you know? Karma. It's just the way that I'm built. Yeah. yeah I, I just was in Sedona. I took my son there to look at a school. And we were like, oh, let's get our auras red. That'll be fun. So... <laughs> We're sitting there and the lady's face is like, whoa, whoa. And now like, I can't see anything because she's looking at her computer. So uh, she gets up and she goes, wow, okay, I only see two of these a year. You are white. I see two. And it makes (laughs) such sense to me that I can't help it. Like, I feel like I was put on this earth to help other people. And that's why people have been so nice in return to me because... 
I just have tried to be a good person, you know? And so now I want to earn that, you know, because I don't know if it's true. Who knows, you know, yeah. that stuff. But but to me, if it's true and there's anything to it, then I want to earn being a white person who, I mean, that didn't sound right, did it? <laughs> <laughs> a white aura. White aura. Yeah, white aura. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just feel like if if that if there is anything to that, then you need to do that and stay on top of it and keep going and helping and helping. And, you know, I I really want to leave LA. Like I've had my fill. Definitely not a city you want to grow old in and be the sad, pathetic, you know, 50 year old hanging on to showbiz. (laughs) Like I don't want that at all. So um, I just put my house up for sale. And uh, as soon as that sells, I'm definitely going to go. But in between, I'm like dragging everyone I can with me. Like I'm getting this opportunity. You want to do it too? You know, like any of my friends I can help because I just feel like you should, you know, just pay it forward and be a good person. And it's so hard to find in Hollywood. I mean, it's just full of people that want to screw you. (laughs) And I mean, that's for a while I stopped even trying to produce shows because I was so sick of dealing with... I was going to say a bad word again. No, <laughs> you're totally fine. Assholes. No. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have gotten so many people's shows and they wouldn't sign the document where mm. I'm just going, okay, all right, I already know I'm dealing with narcissistic people to begin with because right. only those kind of people want to be on a reality show, you know, and then they, their egos are so huge. They think they deserve all these things. I'm like, no one knows who you are. You're, you need to take this deal to get your foot in the door. And then when your show is a hit, now you become difficult. Right. But right now it's too early. Like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I want to jump back really quick. And, and it relates to now in your 50s. Uh, how, going, going through an 18-year marriage that mm-hmm. was... I mean, I, I have nothing to compare it to. It's like part of it's just like, well, that was a very unique experience. But I'm sure there's other people that go through very oh, tumultuous sure. relationships. Yeah, How- I got a lot of mail from people, women going, oh, my God, thank you so much that you were brave enough to talk about these things. My husband and I, we have the same issues. And you had the guts to go and it gave me the guts to go. Yeah. Like, How huge is that? that yeah. You know, you had, you had people that were afraid to go that de- then did, you know, I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty big. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. But the relationship itself and how it impacted your life, how did that impact relationships moving forward for you? Um, let's see. I still really love drunk guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a type. <laughs> yes, I the do. Bad boy. I, yep. I, I do. And it's weird. I mean, maybe again, this goes back to religion because you see a lot of girls who are raised religiously mm-hmm. and they're always picking the bad boy. Right. They so, rebel. Yeah. So, it, so it kind of, you know, makes me typical. I think that <laughs> I like the bad guys. Yeah. The fixer. You know, it's the helping yeah. them out. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now I have one that's getting sober. So it's, yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ooh, you were fun and now you need to be sober. <laughs> but I mean, I, 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 would, I would wonder, like having such an um, I- I- impactful relationship, we'll say, yeah. uh, would that deter you from wanting to go get married again? Or I'm definitely it? not doing that again. Mm. No, nah, I don't want to do it. I did it once. It was, you know, it is what it was. It right. was, like I said, great sometimes, bad sometimes, yeah. like everyone's marriage. Yep. Maybe not as crazy. Yeah. Uh, or extreme. Yeah, yeah. extreme. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think I have an interest in doing that again. And only because I just have never seen a marriage go bad and have it go nicely. Very rarely. Like, do you know who Cherie Curry is? She was the lead singer of The Runaways. Yeah. Like, she's a very close friend of mine. Mm. She's the only person I know who still sits on her ex-husband's lap. They have dinner with each other all the time. She was married to Robert Hayes from Airplane, the movie Airplane. 
Remember the actor, like the handsome? It was the kind of joke movie about. Oh, okay. You guys are are too young. (laughs) (laughs) We are on a show talking about our 30s. So, yeah, I think think that might have been. When we were born. When we were born, yeah, 80s, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm not even sure you were born, actually. Yeah, maybe. That movie was in the late 70s. So, uh, well, Sunny Boys, let me tell you about this movie. Uh, but yeah, I just feel like it never goes nicely. And why put yourself through that again? You know, like you don't, we don't live in the 40s, 50s or before then where you had to be married or, you know, you couldn't live in sin and it, you'd be looked down. Nobody cares, you yeah. know, anymore. So, and uh, I'm all about protecting my assets. So <laughs> I'm not going to marry someone. Yeah, you got to be go. smart. You got to play yeah. smart. See what I mean? This yeah. going back to my 30s and learning to be a good businesswoman. Right. This is exactly why I'm not getting married again. <laughs> I feel you. All right. Making those mistakes later in life would definitely cost you a lot more. And now that yeah, you know what exactly. you got to do, you're, you're, yeah. you're set up. Yeah. So real quick, I wanted to get into the whole writing the book thing because right now in the present, and I think over the past year, we've been in this Me Too movement, right? Yeah. You started this way before that. Oh, yeah. And what was your intention? Like, what was your, uh, what was your ultimate goal coming from this book? Like, what did you want to do? Well... What my goal was, honestly, was just to write a good book and it didn't matter that it was me because I knew I didn't have a big enough fan base to sell a lot of books. So I just wanted to try to write a book that people would be interested in reading. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, it was me. Like my aim was to do like a Bridget Jones diary. Okay. Uh, only true. Like that's kind of what I was going for. A really, really rough Bridget Jones diary. Now, like, I want to try to sell it as a movie, and I kind of see it as a Bridget Jones diary meets I, Tanya. Like, that's the way I would couch it for a movie. A yeah. little bit of culture, a little bit of crazy. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, so I'm uh, going to try to do that and see if I can get that off the ground, uh, you know, because that'd be cool. To it have, would be cool. Yeah, someone play you in a movie. And, you know, I, I love Anna Ferris. I would love her to play me. I think she's. A really funny actress and good. She, she has a show too on uh, what does she do Moms? right now? Mom. Yeah, is it something oh. where she's a mom now and yeah. Oh, and I should also, have them also hit... going through. Uh, yeah, divorce with Chris yeah. Pratt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's probably not that much fun for them. Mm. Yeah, uh, but oh, I'm gonna now call her because maybe if I can get on her show, maybe she will play me, and then I can get her agent to look <laughs> there at. There you it. go. Yeah. Oh wow, it's, it, that's deep. Just planting the little seeds, just setting it up. Wait, right. wait for it to yeah. harvest. Yeah, right. yeah. But it did take me. Um, it took. It didn't take me. I don't know in the world of how long it takes people to write. I wrote most of it in six to eight months. Oh, but okay. then it took me another three years to get it out there because I. Uh, took me a long time to find someone to look at it. Then I went with a uh, New York lit agent. And then that took a year because they send it to everyone. They have all the contacts. And then that took a year for everyone to come back and say, no, <laughs> so oh, nobody man. wanted it. Except for a couple like people that I didn't feel, you know, it was very credible. So uh, then I started talking to another company about two years ago, ultimately signed with them. And then, you know, we, we were in rewrites. We had to figure out when we wanted to launch it. And I just did the audio book a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I'm hoping that'll be out on the date that the book goes. Cause did you do the, I did. the audio? Wow. Yeah. It was hard. I, was, I didn't think it was going to be that hard. But every time you make a mistake, you have to start the sentence again uh, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus. How long did it take you to do? Uh, three or four days. But oh, that's like, not bad. No. But it was... Um, 
I think we do like four hours. That was pretty much all I could take because oh, then yeah. I was just going to throw everything against the wall because, <laughs> you know, redoing it again. Right, and, right, right. right. Yeah. If, you, if you had to live it, then you wrote it, and then you have to speak it out for the yeah. audio book. That's crazy. Yeah, it's like and he wouldn't let me have any wine, so that made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's not good for your vocal cords. I'm like, I'll make it work. <laughs> He's like, no, <laughs> I'm giving you tea. Uh, so, yeah, it didn't take that long, but I know I have to go back and do pickups and yeah. stuff. But uh, it, it, it took... Uh, not not too bad, but but it was it was a lot of work. It w- it would be really frustrating when you'd have a really long sentence and you had to redo it like twenty times because you couldn't get through it. <laughs> so a little a little much. <laughs> so is it this was your first book that you wrote? Yeah, yeah. Um, I never even thought I could do it, but it you know goes back to me now being in my 30s, great businesswoman. I right. learned I'm greedy and I didn't want to pay a ghostwriter and pay them 50%. Right. So I was like, I can do this. I'm just going to sit down and write. They'll have editors. They'll fix it. You know, and so I just wrote and wrote and wrote and didn't, you know, worry about spelling, punctuation, because yeah. I'm sure it was a mess when they got it. They probably were like, does this girl have like a fourth grade education or what? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I heard that's what you have to do or else you get stuck on just trying to make it perfect as you go. You, you got to get it. Not, and, and I didn't even try to write in order. Like mm. I couldn't even manage that. So I'm like, I'm just going to write this story, that story, yeah. this story. And then we ended up putting it, you know, in an order. And mm-hmm. then they ended up breaking that up. And it, so it jumps from, you know, uh, 1965 to 2007, you know, so it goes back and forth that way. And um, but yeah, when you try to write, you, you just have to write and write and write and yeah. not let it screw you up. I have another book. I was doing a cookbook. Uh, yeah. I was that's say, I was pretty like, that was much my next question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll see, you know, I think a lot's going to depend on how this does. And I just don't know, like, I don't have a clue. Um, I told them we were going to launch in June and I said, let's not do that because all the shows are on hiatus. Now, can I get on any shows? I don't know. But if we go now, I can guarantee I won't because right, no one's, yeah, right. shoot. So we decided to back it up uh, till August. And so far, uh, nobody wants me on. (laughs) Well, I mean, it hasn't even launched yet. No, but uh, I am doing the Today Show in Australia. They got a copy and they called, uh, or not called, but Facebooked me. They found me. So that's the biggest thing I've gotten. And they came to me. So That's that's a start. That's yeah. a start. So I'm hoping if it goes well there that the Today Show here will go, Pick oh, she was just on and it was yeah. really good or interesting. And, you know, that's the other thing when people ask me, you know, did you, is this a tell-all book? I'm like, no, that just sounds mean. Like, it yeah. sounds like your intentions are mean when you say, I'm writing a tell-all book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was writing a tell-some book. Yeah. <laughs> I left a lot of things out for leverage in case I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But, you know, again, it wasn't my intention to hurt him. And going back to your Me Too thing, I feel like everything happens in the time it's supposed to. You know, how can anyone criticize me now for putting this book out? Like, I don't think anyone's going to be brave enough to go, oh, who do you think you are? You're just trying to get attention. You know, all I have to go is, okay, Me Too, dude. You're going to tell me what I lived through. I can't tell my story. Yeah. And so I just think it happened the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so you, you have the cookbook. Do you think you would do another? Because, I, I mean, it's it's not a tell someone. I, I, I would put it more in the category of like biography-ish. Um, cause it's well, your, they call it's, it a memoir. That's Memoir, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what the autobiography, biography, like I don't know what the criteria for how they count something, but 
they yeah, call it a memoir. Either. I'm like, okay. fine with me. Yeah, <laughs> so that's that's the word I was looking for, more of a memoir. Yeah, yeah. A collection uh, of memories and yeah. stories that and lessons, really. I, I would like to write a book. I just don't know that I have as good of stories mm. <laughs> that I had for this book. So, yeah. you know, we, I'd have to see. Like, You could probably take your Amsterdam trip and turn it into oh an God. entire book. Was I that like the that most story. humiliating thing? I like that one. I had to put that in there because, you know, if you're talking about other people's embarrassing things, you kind of have to talk about your own and definitely not my proudest moment. I even had to like warn my parents, okay, you guys, there's two things in this book you're not going to like. They both look really, really bad. One's kind of bad. It will be in your eyes. It'll be bad. But the other one looks bad, but it turns out it's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting you say that because I always worry about some of the things that I say or do. It's like, oh, I know my parents listen to this. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't want to hold back, but I want to, you know, be able to say my piece. Right. And you also want to protect people's privacy that don't really want to be talked about. And that's precarious, you know, Mm. because like my boyfriend's kind of a private person. Don't really want to discuss him that much because that's his preference. My Mm. daughter doesn't really want to be discussed, you know, so trying to uh, tell your story, but also be respectful and mindful of people that don't want to have anything said about them. And now you're also making people targets like my parents, you know, are people going to say mean things to them or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so it, it is, you just have to jump in and, and have no fear and just hope. And, and I also know because I've been in this position you're going to be in the hot seat now right. and it's going to last a week and then someone else is going to be there. Right. So it's not going to be everlasting embarrassment, you know, for your family because you might be on the tabloids this week, but next week someone else is. So, right. yeah. So I just had to try not to worry about that. I really hope there aren't bad consequences for anyone, you know, especially Danny. Like I don't want him to pay a price for the book, but everyone that's read it. Other than MSRP, of course. Uh, MSRP, what is just, that? Just the actual price of the cost of the oh, book. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, um, I, uh, that's a good one. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want him to be in trouble, but most of the people that have read it that have been female have said, I thought you were far nicer to him than you should have been. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of do a mea culpa in this yeah, a little I, bit. I tried to be fair. Yeah. You know, I really tried to say nice things because there were nice things, right. you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be like, this is all beating him up and settling the score. And cause that's not what I was writing. I mean, in my mind, it was a Bridget Jones diary only kind of fucked up and true. And that's what I was writing. Uh Uh-oh, was the F word too far? You can't cuss on this show. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, so... It's a child show. (laughs) Yeah, if you you want to put a a show out... uh, Okay, you guys, that's just a mean trick to play on me. Um, uh, You have to just be fearless and not worry about it. Because if you worry about it, you're not going to be able to be completely honest and... You know, if you're putting out a story, it kind of needs to be that way because people are going to check it and go. That's what I liked about it. You gave your own admission of guilt in a lot of instances. Yeah. Like you said, I I think it gives you more credibility in that regard. Like you're not just bashing Danny. No. You know, in some instances he did, he did right by his family and in a lot of others he did not so right. I mean, I could never (laughs) criticize him as being, since we've divorced, he's been very 
financially responsible. Mm. And I know a lot of women who have lost their houses, mm. you know, their uh, whatever their lifestyle they had with their husband, they could no longer afford and it's kind of punishing the children. Mm. You know, Danny definitely has been great with that. Like my check every month was where it's supposed to be. You know, he never tried to get away or call the courts and go, oh, my situation's different. I can't pay that anymore. So, you know, and a lot of people do that. So, yeah. And I don't, I know he knows about the book, um, but I don't know <laughs> what his thoughts are. You mean are you didn't it. send him an advanced copy of the book? I did not. Oh, no, man. I didn't. No, no. Um, so I don't know what he'll think, you know. I mean, here's what I really think. If it does well, that's when he'll be mad. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like 100%. if it thinks, he'll love and go, ha ha, nobody cares about you. Right. Uh, but if it does well, I think that's really going to stick in his craw that, oh man, I can't believe anyone cares about her. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, because when he did first hear about it, that was his first response. Mm. You know, oh, who does she think she is? Nobody cares about her. Right. Yeah, and stuff. So, and that might be true. <laughs> it just might be. So. Yeah. Well, but I think I think it's less about the uh, the name and more about the fact that it's a story that you're sharing that's going to be incredibly relatable to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean that's why I tried to pick a title that I thought was funny yeah. because I wanted to relay. It's not a, you know, uh, here's what I learned and I'm telling you because I know you know it's yeah. not a book about like that. And even uh, the name Surviving Agent Orange, which is. I think funny, but the story behind that was it was our code name, my assistant and I. That's what we would call Danny. So whenever he was coming, it's like Agent Orange is coming in the building. Agent <laughs> Orange is driving up the driveway. So uh, it just was a funny title. So and I also needed to tie myself into the Partridge family because I had to. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like I was doing it because I just felt it would be, huh, look at me, I'm going to attach myself. I kind of needed to, you know, because a lot of people don't know who I am. So mm -hmm. now, oh, Bonaducci, oh, Partridge Family Bus, that must be mm -hmm. that girl. And mm -hmm. yeah, and so then we tried to make a, a cover that, you know, we thought people would look up and look at and even maybe they weren't interested, but then they see the cover and read the people who've endorsed it, that they would go, oh, if Cherie Curry likes this book or Susan Olson likes this book uh, or whoever else I have. Oh, Adrian Curry. She wrote my foreword and she was America's Next Top Model. She's such a wonderful lady. I love her so much that maybe they would read it, you know, because these people said it's a good book. You know, it's, it's funny that you picked the title, uh, Agent orange because i think it's going to get you a lot of uh, search results right now too especially with where uh the president people call him that as well so it's oh, a really relevant i didn't know name. that yeah well i did think okay people might think it could be insensitive you yeah, know but not knowing yeah, the know. reference of it's not it has nothing to do with agent orange you yeah, know what i mean right so um i was a little worried like i'm trying to give a percentage of my profits from the book to local charities when I do cities, like something local. So mm -hmm. it goes to them. And my brother's in the military. He's yeah. like, uh, uh, does weapons of mass destruction. He's the guy that has to go in and take the bombs apart when he oh, comes wow. across them. He's done two tours of Iraq. Uh, so I want to give stuff to military people, but I'm pretty sure with the title, they're, they're not going to want to take interested. it from yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that will be something I guess they probably won't take money from me, but I'll give it to animals, which is my other thing I love. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, hopefully it does well. The book comes out on August 14th. August 14th. I'm doing book signings. 
oh, I don't know, will this air by then? August 14th, I'm at Pop Obscure Records downtown. Have you guys ever been there? Nope, Pop Obscure, no. They sell only albums. Oh, dope. Yeah, and it's a it's a great record store, and they're my friends. So again, like I was telling you, I'm bringing everyone with me. I'm going to yeah. do this at your store because hopefully we'll get people in here. It'll help right. you. Um, and then the 15th, I'm doing Barnes & Noble, which uh, they're actually helping me by letting me do it. But right. I have uh, Donna D'Erico and Sharice Neal are hosting it. She was on Baywatch, and Sharice was married to Vince Neal from Motley Crue. The 16th, we're playing at the Grove. My band plays. Then I'm doing... Uh, and you're still touring? Oh, we're, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, not a lot, but uh, I'm hoping we'll get some more good work, you know, off this. Yeah. And then it just comes down down to, can I get my guys? Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. if my guy's out with Eagles of Death Metal, I'm not going to get him right, probably. Right, right. So, yeah. 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 So lots of Oakhurst, California, Palm Springs, Chicago, uh, Phoenix. Phoenix yeah. Yep. Um, maybe Brooklyn. Right now it's, we couldn't fit the date that I needed, so so we'll see. I mean, I'm hoping once it comes out, more people go, oh, that'd be fun to have her. She seems mm-hmm. kind of kooky and crazy and <laughs> likes to drink wine and eat cheese. Let's do that here. <laughs> yeah, why not? Things I've learned in my 52 years. Maybe you can give us some insight on what was in your head when you were writing this. Okay. I The first one is poignant. If you're going to have a beer can stuck to your face after a beer bong, Budweiser is in a silver and red can. Yes, that is a story I tell in my book that I was at a party one night, never done a beer bong. They're like, let's do it. It'll be fun. I'm like, okay, that sounds fun. So, you know, you have to poke the beer with a pen and make a hole. And then you're supposed to clear the metal, which I didn't know. So, because, you know, it can be a little jagged. Mm. So when I pulled the tab, because then you suck, pull the tab, and it just, you know, rushes in. Well, I ended up sucking in and it got stuck on my lip. So I just sit at this party for two hours with a beer can stuck to my face. Nobody would help me because they were laughing so hard. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys get this. If I have to go to the emergency room and have them take this beer can off my face, (laughs) please don't let that happen. But it took me two hours to get it off. Jesus Christ. And have you done it again since? No, never. Uh That was all I needed. Um, if you're going to stalk me, please be in the 105 to 115 range. What does that mean? Well, I had this like unbelievably scary Sasquatch obese stalker who kept oh. coming to my house saying she was me. And I was thinking, oh my God, she's telling everyone she's me. I know people are around the city going, wow, have you guys uh, seen Danny Bonaduce's wife? She's gone really downhill since I got a divorce. <laughs> Do not leave sewn ex- extensions in your hair for 13 years. You will pay in the long run. Just trust me on this one. Oh, what, my God. What were you doing with extensions in your hair for 13 I years? I just loved extensions. I'm like, oh, let's just sew them in. And then I didn't take them out. So, like, Ever? now I have... No. I have straight 13 years. I had them in. So, what? now my hair is, like, gone halfway. So, listen to me, girls. Do not sew them in your hair. Luckily, I, we couldn't do them on top. So, it's pretty full up there and it yeah, covers yeah. where it's thin on the bottom. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm going to be going to some PRP sessions, I have a feeling, <laughs> you know, where they take the stem cells and it's yep. supposed to fix that. It, so it's we'll supposed see. to, yeah. We'll I see, see we'll the see. commercial. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still skeptical. <laughs> um, this one's funny. Sam I Am does not like green eggs and ham. It's true. It's true. There's a book about it. You should get it and read it and you will see. Sam I Am does not like green eggs and ham. So how do you, uh, was this kind of like an inside joke with your kids or something? No, it's just a fact. (laughs) (laughs) Straight fact. No no, no inside joke needed. (laughs) 
<laughs> Obviously, you never read the book. I never read the book, yo. I gotta go. I gotta log into Amazon right now and get it. Um, it, this one's funny, and for a couple of reasons, if you're if you are not famous and have sex with a lot of famous guys, you're pretty much a groupie, or you can also be a Kardashian. Exactly. Same thing. Exactly. Have you guys seen more guys that those girls have bagged? There has got to be. What do you think? A hundred guys on that list between all of them? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So if you're not famous, you're just going to be a groupie. But if you're a Kardashian, you can get away with it. <laughs> no one thinks anything bad about no, you. No, that's a weird part. There's a big double standard. That, that's key. Hmm. Um, and then last but not least, just have fun and make the most of your life. I, I think um, you truly embody that statement for the most part because it seems like no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've endured, and all the shit that you've really seen and lived through... Um, you came out stronger and you came out on top. Totally. Like, I am so grateful for the life I have. I could not, as a little girl, have imagined that my life was going to be so amazing. You know, it's far better than I ever thought it would be. So how could I complain, you know? Right. I mean, there was some bad stuff, but the great stuff is so much more, you know? And I guess that's how you look at it. You know, I'm definitely the glasses half full person. And I, I can't really tolerate people that think the other way. You know, it just kind of bugs me when people want to think, eh, everything's bad. I'm like, no, it's not. It's great. Everything's great. <laughs> and if you can have that outlook on life, certainly I think a lot of people can learn from that and kind of take I a key. I hope so. I yeah. hope so. I hope I didn't embarrass the shit out of myself and my family <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> well, pick up your copy of Surviving Agent Orange and Other Things I Learned from Being Thrown Under the Partridge Family Bus. Comes out August 14th. And it will be just under eighteen bucks. That's, That's correct. not bad. Yeah. Yes, that penny makes a difference. That seventeen ninety nine price point. <laughs> you know, if it's eighteen, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely want to thank you, Gretchen, um, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Good. I'm glad. If people want to track you down and find out a little bit more about you or follow you on social media or whatnot, where can they find you? Just don't come to my house and say you're me. <laughs> um, I have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all under Gretchen Bonaduce. However, you hashtag at whatever um, yeah, I, I know I'm old you guys so don't ask me hard what? social media questions but I have Instagram Twitter Facebook I put up a page for this I have a fan page but there's not that many fans on it M most people are on my real page because I kind of feel like people want to be friends with you right yeah, right, yeah so right, I have right. like 5,000 friends and almost 4,000 followers there. So that's me if you see that page. If you see the page with 10 people, that is my page. But <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> well, you can, but yeah, I mean, it would look me good. It would make me look good if you guys start making my numbers come up. <laughs> I do have some fans. <laughs> Definitely. Randy, where can the people find you? You can find me anywhere and everywhere at I am Randy Z. And Turg? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Turg says no. Thanks again, Gretchen. Yay, thanks for having me. It was super fun. And you guys didn't ask me any weird sex stuff, so that's good. <laughs> I was just on Stuttering John's show, and I'm like, John, really? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoyed and continue to share it with friends. Make sure to stop by our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. And if you really like what you hear, make sure to leave us an awesome five-star review. For Talk 30 to Me, I'm Turk. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. <laughs>
It is. It's, we're going for an ambient today because usually we record in the garage, but I was like, it's going to be too hot to be in a garage. It's, yeah, it's perfect out. Yeah. You're just saying the breeze. the Hamilton reference. I forgot that. Who lives, who oh dies, who tells you. Have story. you guys seen it? Yes. No. Randy hasn't. I have. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't wait to see it again. supposed to take it. Yeah. You guys, I flew to Chicago to take my son. It was cheaper for us to buy two tickets in Chicago and fly there than it was to get one ticket here in Whoa, LA. I yeah. Know. yeah, it was pricey. It yeah. was pricey. So we went to Chicago to see it. It was so good. Yeah, I get a lot of Mrs. Bonaduce, and I'm like, no. 